1: Richard and Greta, gonna make your lives better today. If you'll subscribe to our podcast. You know, it's all about how to get the most out of your partner. And we're partners. So we know all about it. It's good. Get it wherever you want to get it, when you go and get it from your podcast place. Richard and Greta. You know... You know? The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to Out of Character, a podcast about sketch and character comedy. My name is Alex Lynch. In this show, I chat to writers and performers from the world of sketch and character comedy, find out what made them venture into it, talk about their characters, maybe meet some of their characters and just generally shoot the breeze and, more importantly, have a laugh. My special guest for episode four is the writer-performer, Harry Hayes.
0: Hi! That
1: was a very show-busy hi.
0: Hey! (laughs) Yep, thought I'd kick it off with something... (laughs) Character-y. <laughs>
1: it's it's good, high energy. That's what we want.
0: That's all I've got right now <laughs> in, my, in my flat.
1: <laughs> so uh, you have been building your own. Well, you've been building your own home setup, and you've been like teaching yourself how to what, play piano and and sew and just do yeah a bunch of different things. I'm that
0: guy. I'm actually not that guy, but because basically, you know, you know when it first when um. When there were there were videos of people from Wuhan who were just being like, I've learned Latin and I've learned how to play the piano and the and, and the guitar and everything, and I was like, oh, what a great opportunity! And then as soon as it it happened here, I had just a massive breakdown instead, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and then I've just been like clawing my way back slowly.
1: So you are certainly coming out of this lockdown with with a new skill.
0: Yes, I can play sort of honky tonky pub piano. <laughs> and 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 I have made a couple of masks on a sewing machine. You actually? I have, yeah. I like a project. So the sound thing that I've made is also it's very much a home. It looks great now. It was it's a homemade pro, I just Basically, I think originally I wanted to be a Blue Peter presenter. <laughs> if the whole world collapses, I'm, I'll turn my hand to making things out of cardboard. It's kind of Jack of all trade or Jill of all trade, but really master of none.
1: But this is interesting because so you've got the sort of crea- crafting, the like arts and crafts kind of mm-hmm. side of you and the musical side. So when did you want to get into comedy?
0: Well, I actually... It, it's- had the classic thing of of going oh I want to be an actress a real actress um but I'd spent my whole childhood being I mean I'll be honest a dick I think that's probably (laughs) what people really thought I there's photos of me on holiday so The real trigger for me was my parents' divorce.
1: Classic.
0: I know. <laughs> but we used to go on holiday with my dad to, I think, pool or something. And we used to go with his friend Dave, and his, who was an, another divorcee, who was a driving instructor who would genuinely eat dog food out of a tin. What? And not, not in a sad way, but in a way that was like, he actually quite liked it. Uh, okay.
1: Wow, okay.
0: I know, I grew up in the countryside, so there's a lot of those kind of stories.
1: <laughs> Is that your justification? <laughs> That's I, I do actually
0: think there's quite a few times when I go, Well I grew up in a village. What do you expect? <laughs> but the um uh we we went on holiday and there's a picture that I remember and I think I maybe still have it, of me sat in a chair on that holiday, with my chin resting on like my fist at the top of that arm and my other arm just like on my hip like a like a talk show host and it was because I had done a talk show Uh, no just for no reason we were there with my brother and Dave's son and I just decided tonight guys you're getting a talk show so it was basically that kind like doing stupid characters I also did just throwing back to the cardboard thing we had a massive box probably like a new bed for my dad in his new divorce but um it but it was a big box that i could get inside yes so i got inside and i insisted everyone come and listen to my radio station (laughs) and i had
1: (laughs) live from the box
0: yeah live from the the box it was really essential that they couldn't see me (laughs) um but i and the thing is, I know that it's like, oh, that's a really cute thing for a kid to do but I think I probably was twelve or thirteen. I don't think I was young enough to justify that being that at that point I knew I was I was I wanted to do it professionally, clearly.
1: I find enough, um, I used to do a yeah. similar similarish thing. Well, it'd be the <laughs> sort of thing again, I'd say, Oh, when I was younger, yeah, when I was probably about twelve, uh, thirteen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would sometimes, because I, I watched The Simpsons all the time and I learnt the episodes, and at that point I still only wanted oh. to be an actor and I would just say to my parents, I'd be like, I'm going to do some acting for you now. And I'd make them sit down and I would, <laughs> I would act out an entire episode of The Simpsons playing all the characters, doing all the voices, probably quite <laughs> poorly.
0: Could you, can you do any, any impressions now?
1: Oh Jesus! When I was at school, when I was at school, there was a headmaster who heard my impression of Mr. Burns, and he made me do it at every assembly. I'm not (gasps) joking. Uh,
0: uh, uh, What to humiliate you, or was it?
1: No, he no, he just loved it. (laughs) He just loved it. He was just like Alex is going to do his amazing impression of Mr. Burns, and it was like, oh for fuck's sake! Uh... So funny.
0: But did he just? Was it just like? Uh, Oh, that's what Alex does now.
1: I don't even even remember. Was it it
0: excellent?
1: It was a specific line. So
0: it was a niche line as well. It wasn't even his catchphrase.
1: No, it wasn't. I don't think I could do the excellent because that's actually quite difficult. I just went, excellent. "Excellent. Uh, What was it? Uh, I don't like the park smithers. One thing, there are too many fat children.
0: (laughs) Is that the one he got you to do? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God oh wow incredible okay oh, so he had his own agenda clearly
1: <laughs> this kid's gonna he's gonna be a star he's gonna i'm, gonna, be a star. I'm gonna make my millions
0: oh my god the only one i can sort of do and it's not even the simpsons It's family guy is peter oh good Peter. <laughs> but beyond that other than that yeah. i can't i really wish i could do i'm so impressed by people who can do impressions
1: yeah some people i don't know it, just to have that kind of such a versatile voice and be able to adopt those mannerisms as well it's just completely beyond me
0: yeah you know when you're watching someone really good doing an impression and in your head you're sort of like it's almost like you're popping in a slide of the other of the actual person and popping it out and popping it in just thinking going you know oh my god they're here
1: (laughs) no I mean it really is when you were doing this radio show,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: were you playing characters in this radio show? Was it a kind of Alan Partridge?
0: That sort of maybe going a bit far, but it was definitely <laughs> I, there were different people hosting and and chatting on the there, it was chat as well as music. Right, I think I used the music as a crutch when i was trying to think of what else to <laughs> what else to do. <laughs> To keep, the, keep, keep them with me. <laughs> keep. My, my dad and brother sat on the sofa.
1: <laughs> keep your audience listening.
0: Yeah, they love this song. It was a hit. Put that on.
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant. So uh, when you eventually made it out of the box and over to London, <laughs> t- tell me how you sort of wound up. Because before you were in your sketch group, Zazu, mm-hmm. was it a uh, news review
0: yes. that you did yeah, first? We met doing news review. All of us. Um, So we were all together, including Kat, who's the director. So it's Tom Machel, Maddie Rice, Nick Reed, Catherine Armitage and me. Uh, Yeah, we met we met doing that. And I think the thing that really helped us was we were the first show of the year at News Review. And for anyone who doesn't know News Review, it's a well, I know it's the longest running sketch show maybe in the world. It's brilliant. So every 6 weeks they change everything. They change the the cast, so you get two it's a two girl, two guy kind of setup for the cast. Um and the director and the MD. And you every 6 weeks it changes. But every week about 40% of the show or so is updated.
1: Cuz it's topical, yeah. Yes, yeah,
0: so um you there's a, a whole load of fantastic writers who send in uh, sketches and songs and little one-liners? Yes, but basically, what had happened was because it's the first show of the year, and the last show of the year is uh, sort of a it's a review of the whole year. It's a best of of the year, that sort of vibe. I'd imagine this is probably still the case, but they're quite keen to have the first run of the year totally new. Um, maybe taking one or two things instead of 40 (laughs) percent right what happened was the first week we arrived we essentially had you have monday tuesday wednesday to make the show and then thursday night you're on thursday friday saturday sunday you perform yeah and we essentially just had to come up with just a huge amount of material um there were things sent in by the writers but I think it's just so much harder at the beginning of the year I think there's just less stuff coming in maybe but we learnt very quickly to write together
1: oh that's cool
0: having never met before which I think is probably quite rare to be able to kind of go in and feel like you can actually make things with strangers we had some very so we had some very you know when you're getting to know each other and you're getting to know how to write with each other you have those moments where you kind of go yeah or you have someone do that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you
0: know you suggest something and and there's a bit of a oh that's an idea
1: and especially when you're trying to write topical stuff because would you often get I don't know like the day before you were due to go on where suddenly you'd have to throw out a bunch of sketches and the stuff because the, of the, the news a- changing
0: yes it was around the election was david cameron and it was when everyone thought it was going to be a hung parliament
1: oh yeah
0: so obviously it was it was just like that is it's going to be a hung parliament we won't know you know by thursday we won't know so we wrote this whole song about it being a hung parliament and then it was not a hung parliament <laughs> 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 so and we found that out on the thursday oh, god i remember we were texting each other going what do we do? Um, we rewrote the whole song,
1: God,
0: or most of the song, um, and had I think I probably wrote some bits on my arm. I had a, a piece of paper stuck to the curtain on on the back side of the curtain that's that was on the side of the stage, which was foolish because I wrote it. it, it I was in such a panic I wrote it, and it was so small, and the lights were so strong that I couldn't I had no chance of reading it. But I think because everyone knew what had just happened they were like they they would they were on board anyway cuz it part of the joy is the audience are there thinking yes having having i know there's so much satire now and it's well i say there's so much satire is <laughs> <laughs> hard at the moment yeah um there's so much great satire but seeing it live and seeing the fear on the performers faces i think it's fun and th- so the whole thing with news review just getting back to how it helped us form is there's the way we approached it was to just, and I think this is the same with a lot of casts for it is just really launch into characters because there's only so many kind of quips about politics, yes you know, about, Oh, well, I mean, you can tell how, (laughs) this is an excuse because I just couldn't make them. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, we, you just really launch into characters or caricatures.
1: But that's how so many of the great satire shows were. I mean, you look at... Obviously, I wasn't around when Spitting Image first came out, but I watched it But re- it was repeated and I, I got into it when I was mm-hmm. younger. And, like, I know I can name you the members of Thatcher's Cabinet. Wow. But not because I know who they necessarily are. It's because of the characters that they created like Douglas Heard is the one who has the Mr. Whippy head <laughs> and the Dalek like voice it's it's the way that they they do that is just um it's interesting the way yeah. that, that, that that it works
0: you're so right though it is it's because often the characters picks out one one defining characteristic and run with it, mm. which I think is a really brilliant way to create a character yeah any anything that makes you a little bit laugh and then just just push it. St- so far.
1: <laughs> With Zazu, mm-hmm. you had, like, built this world. You'd created this. And I'm sure you've been, like, likened to League of Gentlemen or Mighty Boosh. Or, um, but it was even more than that because you... Yeah. You're like inventing your own language.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got there's gamu for good morning. Gamu, yeah. Gnu, gnu, which is good night. Uh which I guess isn't too far from good day. Um, and then poother is your dad. Moother is your mum. We and we have there's concepts. I think we the comparison has been helpful, but also not helpful because um we had it quite a lot where it's like oh isn't this just League of Gentlemen and it's this idea that as soon as you kind of come up with a world that isn't necessarily this exact world it's it's like one genre but I just don't think it I think you watch any sketch show and it's happening in a in a, in a sort of an alternate reality because it's unless it's very ultra hyper real they're weirdos. They're like weirdos to the extreme. But
1: well, that's exactly it. And I mean, it's any dark sketch show, remotely dark sketch show, will be compared to League of Gentlemen. Just like any female double act will be compared to French and Saunders. Yes. It's just how it, it's it's just it's just how how reviewers and how people it's to sort of hang something for audiences who are maybe not as comedy savvy to go. Oh, I like that.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe it's a shorthand. Yeah. You know.
1: How did you sort of come up with what well, a a the name, but also uh, the idea to do it in this kind of narrative sketch with where you're in this strange world <laughs> uh, with all these different char- characters? Was that always a kind of group decision, or did that come later? Did you try out being a traditional ske- sort of yeah uh, lights up lights down sketch group? So
0: it, that the the idea of the world was there from the very very beginning so first of all the name the name came from when we were doing news review uh we had a a running sketch of angela merkel she was fairly new at this point um angela merkel in our sketch had decided that everyone in uh her government had to appear smaller than her maddie was playing angela merkel and i think she was she was sort of crouched down and then everyone came in and was just lower and lower like pulling themselves across the floor um, I mean you had to be there uh, <laughs> there, was, there was there was one day I, every, every time we did it every time because I'd go in and show her a paper uh, as if I was some kind of aid and then I'd s- slide back out again and yeah. she uh, every time I'd put something on to try and make her laugh because that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of professional I am <laughs> uh, I'm I trying to make her laugh, and I I put loads of different words on there, lots of rude words. It was mostly crude or rude words, and she didn't laugh and didn't make her laugh. And then this one day, it just came to me, and I was like, we had this sticker book with little. I think it had come from on the back of a notepad with little sticker letters. So I I stick a lettered Zazu just right in the middle of the page. I think the instinct was it, I didn't I. It, there wasn't a huge thought process, I'll be honest, but it
1: was. <laughs> I was just
0: like, like, I slid in and showed it to her, and because it was such a, a shock, <laughs> and she laughed, and then I think it's just out of that that we we just decided that that was the name of the sketch group. It's
1: brilliant. In
0: terms of the world, our first basically what we did after news review is we had we all met up. Hmm. We kind of tentatively asked each other whether or not. We were like, mm, do, do you think you might want to keep doing this after we finish this, maybe? Like, we were all a little bit shy about it. Um, and then we, on the last night of News Review, our last night, we just said, yes, we do want to do it. We do want to keep making stuff. Um, so we booked in a meeting, <laughs> a meeting, a, bit, a hangout, and we met up and we said, let's just <laughs> book in an hour to do a show at Canal Cafe where we had done News review. In a month's time. What? Yeah, well, we didn't know much about it. And we'd obviously we'd, <laughs> we'd had the experience of writing almost an entire show in a week. So we were like, well, of course we can. That tended to be then our what we did. We just would book in a thing. And then it's like, well, we just got to make something, which I think is almost certainly the best way to do things for me anyway. And and in that first meeting, we'd, we decided that we specifically, because we'd already started to think about... There, there were characters in News Review that we, we were like, oh, they... We had, basically, we had... I don't know if you know Ila. I was
1: going yeah. to... Yeah, Isla's okay. a wonderful character. Can you... Because I was going to say, for people who may not necessarily have seen Zazu, can you take us through a couple of the characters to give them some idea of... So Isla's yes. a great example.
0: So Isla, she is a middle-class uh, woman who is... Uh, will always claim uh, this is her voice she uh, she'll always uh, claim that she's done the work when she hasn't actually done the work for anything and she likes to be on every committee that she possibly can be um, but she won't do any of the work and she uh she she's a bully essentially she bullies julie uh, and julie is a very meek mannered woman who uh does all of the work and uh, isla just copies her i've just written a quick list of things to do for the timber state so well uh, mm. oh, i'm sorry <laughs> uh, sorry sorry julie but i do believe that was in fact my job to do oh i'm sorry i thought it was mine
1: no. perhaps uh, julie you could read your list and then uh isla you could add anything that uh, julie may have missed off
0: I uh, I do believe it was, in fact, my job to do. But if Julie feels she can do a better job of it, then no problem. But I think, I genuinely think everyone has met an Isla at some point. Oh, and it's just yes. someone who's like, just will not admit that they're wrong. <laughs> not even, they won't admit they haven't done the work. They will, they'll just come up with any excuse. Um,
1: They've got an answer for everything.
0: Exactly. And then whenever she's pushed, it, it kind of always follows a similar thing she's she's pushy, 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 pushy and then as soon as someone calls her out on something she she plays the victim <laughs> often it's that she's she's being really nasty about someone, really really nasty to them and then someone calls her out and then she's like, oh but I can't I can't help it if I need if I need a little more help than anyone else it would, if you just offered me some kind of guidance then maybe I could have done this and you were all bullying me it's just really like Gets really really upset, um, and then as soon as they go, oh, because it's easier to to try and placate Isla than than actually stand by and say you're wrong. Number one, untangle yeah. the bunting to hang in the square. Square, yeah. and um, then we need to find yeah. the wackerat game. game. Wherever that's got wherever to, wherever that's got to.
1: Here, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, brief DCI Walker on security. For the um, for
0: the for the fate.
1: <laughs> Um, Isla, I, I thought this, you said that you were going to read your
0: list after mine. I am? Oh, well, you were reading it out loud. I know. <laughs> I don't understand. As soon as she gets what she wants, which is their sympathy and, you know, people to agree with her, either she, she she's, she's, one 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 reaction that she can have is um, that she then doesn't want it, what she was trying to get the whole time. <laughs> um or she's just very smug about it yeah so she just it's it's just like she just brazenly uses <laughs> oh, she's very manipulative very passive aggressive
1: oh yeah so
0: i obviously love playing her
1: i could guarantee <laughs> you everyone has met an isla oh my god i've lived with three islas so
0: <laughs> essentially we have lots of we have different groups of characters within the show yeah we've done three narrative shows so whereas there's a story. So the first one the first one was a little bit more kind of traditional sketch show, but it was they were all linked characters. One of the rules in, in Zazu is that singing is illegal. Yeah. So you have illegal singers. Um most of the things I'd have to be on, most of the, the rules, the silly rules and stuff we have. I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a, an homage, I guess, to Footloose. You know, you can't dance in the town. But actually, a lot of the rules we came up with <laughs> are in place somewhere in the world. So...
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: it's unwittingly satirical in some in some ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. And often in quite oppressive regimes, which has made us kind of rethink some of them. There's the Cheeks who are a family. Yeah. But it's, you know, Mother and Poother, Timmy and John like a 1950s kind of family. Yes. There's a bit of a 1950s slash 1970s. It's almost like 1970s nostalgia of the 50s and then it's nostalgia of the 70s of the 50s. I think that's our aesthetic.
1: And was was that kind of, did that naturally form or was that uh, that always kind of how you imagined you wanted to do it in a kind of um, vintage feel?
0: I think that the vintage feel kind of came from A video, like a a PSA, I guess, or it was an anti anti gay PSA.
1: (laughs) Oh, really? Because obviously, you know, do you remember? Yeah,
0: do you remember when? Do you remember when? um, (laughs) Well, that was a thing. It still is, but it's it was really sinister,
1: like that kind of. This is a gay man. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's 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 the sinister, um, like a really sinister topic. But said in quite a plucky way, um better be careful, basically really misinformed announcements, but said in a way that was that that was palatable to general public who didn't know any better, I guess I hope <laughs> uh, um but I think that that was part of that was one of our inspirations was watching those videos because there's there's rules in them, mm. and because it was a time when it was post-war propaganda I guess was trying to teach people how to be people again in a society that just suffered (laughs) an enormous trauma um, of the war and I think it's that thing of just saying awful things with a quite a nice voice and then it's okay so yeah, that was, that's the spizzle cheeks and that sort of vibe. Also,
1: isn't, isn't John actually a girl, but they won't admit it? Yes,
0: yeah, so one of the rules is um, the rule of spares and that came in at some point in Zazu somewhat recently and it's a population control thing and basically if you have a child and the first child's a boy, the next child has to be a girl and then you can have a boy again and then a girl again. If you have a a boy and then a boy or a girl and then a girl in a row. The second one is a spare and they are sent off to the spare orphanage, which actually turns out to be a great place. But inside, like it's full of really creative, interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> in this world.
1: <laughs> so then after you did this first show that you said was more of like yes. was linked, then because I think the first time I saw you guys was, was the Fate one
0: fate worse than death which
1: was very much a story wasn't it it was very much a a full story yeah
0: the whole village the whole town the whole place as we were preparing for the village fate and the main storylines are uh the council who um, isla is obviously part of the council and not actually doing any work but just she wants to be the head of the council really but she's not allowed to um uh, they're preparing for the fate, and then the bobheads, who are the illegal singers, and they're bobheads because they've got bobble hats on, and it's it's they've reclaimed the name bobheads, but it is like a a, a derogatory term. They, the, the police, who are DCI Bastard and DCI Walker. So there's two Detective Chief Inspectors. So there's a lot of friction there. Yep. Um, they are trying to stop the bobheads from singing at the fate, which would ruin the fate. There's this is undercover plot that they're going to do that. So yeah. So it's just like two storylines, and then in between those two storylines, there's there's people like Anne Joanne, who, essentially, there's little little character bits, and there are o- they are often in order to cover up a costume change. (laughs) Yeah. That's how they originate. With Anne-Joanne, it was about guessing the... Guess how many sweeties there are in this jar? (laughs) (laughs) Have a guess.
1: And the man who halves a quiche with his hands.
0: (gasps) Yeah. It was men men with fringes um that's one of our interlude things yeah, we have yeah. men with fringes and long-haired women <laughs> and the long-haired women come from a night out we had and this woman had just such long hair and she was just dancing around her hair
1: <laughs> it was like the
0: defining characteristic so we bought these we've had a succession of long-haired wigs but they go down to sort of i'd say sort of mid-thigh length very long very hard to manage yeah so the men with fringes the man with fringe comes on and Portions a quiche with his hands, so he just saws it with a, with a straight hand, and then offers it to the audience. And sometimes people eat it, and sometimes those quiches have been sat in a
1: oh. changing room. Oh, <laughs> so we just have to
0: Slap it out their mouths <laughs> Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Heavy pencil. An actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. <laughs> I, right.
1: played, I played yeah.
0: Edmund Gelder, and he
1: played Fanny Snatch.
0: The Observer called it a lovely thing. wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch.
1: I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately.
0: Heavy pencil from Great Big Owl.
1: Now, if you had to be isolated... With any TV comedy character, who would it be?
0: Oh, oh, hmm. And you can edit out silence, can't you? Thinking oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I could keep it in, <laughs> whatever I fi- whatever I fancy. Really, there's
0: yeah. a nice little bit of dead air. Um... I mean, am I
1: might, I might, I might, I might actually just like double the amount of hums and
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely do that. To be straight up, I'm. I as much as I like being around people I am, I am by nature more of an introvert so like my preference would be not to be isolated with anyone <laughs> not not anyone but um if i'm getting to know someone in isolation i think i might lose my mind um because then i that that just made me think well what about a silent film character but the problem with them would be <laughs> that they would want you to be their audience the whole time and i just find that so irritating they'd be like coming into the room doing something until you paid attention yeah which is something that i do yes but i don't <laughs> want anyone else doing that um and
1: they'd be holding up subtitles as well like that's just oh
0: god and i have to read <laughs> come on <laughs> I, do you know what? Mm. This is a curveball, but actually, because I keep, my brain keeps going to Ab Fab, but I actually wonder whether Safi, Safi from Abfab Fab, I think would really respect your space. Yes. And she, you, I think you could be quite blunt with her and she'd be quite blunt with you with what she needs. And if she can, if she can put up with Eddie and, and Patsy, Patsy, then I think she can, she can probably tolerate things or take herself away if she needs to. Yeah. Okay. So that's it, my real Genuine answer, great.
1: Yeah. You've all uh, sort of ventured into uh, solo plays, yeah. haven't you? Tell us about your your play. I'll wait.
0: Yes, which may or may not be now called him. <laughs> Um, it's a sense. So it's a rom-com thriller, mm-hmm. and the tagline for it yep. is that the right word? Is um, her new boyfriend is lying unconscious in hospital, and she's found something in his flat that could change everything. Mm. A rom-com thriller.
1: <laughs> Very nice.
0: So, so that's it. And it is—it is just me <laughs> the whole time. Me in the audience. It's set in a waiting room. So, the audience are kind of there as the second character, I guess.
1: Yeah. Of, of That your character's talking to.
0: Yeah. I It's it's tricky to. So, essentially, I was going to. I did it at the vaults. Yeah. Um, I did a few readings of it with really clever people, of which you were one of them. <laughs> for the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had lots of feedback from people um, on early versions. Uh, and then I did it at the vaults.
1: Which is brilliant.
0: Thanks. It was I was s I'm I'm so glad I got to do it. It was the weekend before lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> no, no before yeah. Almost. No,
1: no, it wasn't even before lockdown, it was before things started going because um you were in Pickups. You, you were supposed to be in pickups, uh mine and Fraser Millward's play and ours was the next week. And it was that point where it was yes. just like, no, we we can't do this. <laughs> so you just got in.
0: It, it was, I did. And it was the the weirdest, essentially what happened was the evening that there was the announcement, the briefing that was like, if if you have a cough or a temperature, you have to self-isolate. Was it for a week originally? I think it was, wasn't it? We were rehearsing for your show and it was just after mine had finished. Earlier in that day, I had a bit of a cough and I was, a—I started coughing. Yeah. When the announcement happened, I was like, oh my God, what on earth am I meant to do? Because I, I've done, I've done shows. I, I have done shows so hungover that I've been, I think I've been like sick in the thing backstage. <laughs> I, I've done shows. I had food poisoning in Edinburgh once, and it was god. so bad that I could barely. I, I almost went like I felt like I'd gone blind. I was so ill. Oh
1: my god! <laughs> and you were doing, and I did the Jesus show. Jesus Christ!
0: I like. I there's nothing that will stop me from doing a show, but I think, I mean, so as long as it's not something that's con. I think it was this, just the thing of it being contagious was like it. It adds a new. It's not just me that I need to worry about here. It's like all of a sudden. So what if? And then I got a sore throat and then I was having all the other stuff so who knows but I am thinking what are other ways that I could perform the show and I I do think because I mean financially it would be a nightmare I bet but because it's set in a waiting room I do wonder whether I could set a room out like a waiting room and you just have a much smaller audience and they're spaced two meters apart, but because it's a, re- a waiting room, it wouldn't be as odd. Oh, that's a good yeah.
1: So you make it kind of almost immersive, like
0: yeah, unintentionally making immersive theatre. <laughs> My main thing is, I just, I just really like to be able to perform it again and just keep working on it. I'd Obviously, it would be great to have a bigger audience, but if that's not going to happen, I'd rather not just sit. And I, I, wait. Well,
1: I think also if you make it like that, it just makes it less. I don't want to say awkward, but, you know, people kind of aware that they are distant. It's like, oh, no, this is the point.
0: Exactly. It makes
1: people feel a bit less self-conscious. And
0: I mean, if if you'd written a play that could be performed outside, maybe mine could be performed on a, a bench instead outside. I don't know. i <laughs> literally thinking of any way to do it.
1: I think that's a good idea. And I think especially like as it's your debut as well, because you've been for so long writing with a group of people yeah. and suddenly you're completely at the forefront like on on your own, yeah. Does it feel weird, or does it feel like this is the right? Does it feel like no? I, I this is the right time for this now. I feel more than ready to do this, or was it quite yeah. nerve wracking and sort it's,
0: of... it's more that thing of like you don't know what you can do until you've done it mm. or or not done it. But I, I the, yes, I felt I felt ready to to to. I was really excited about writing. I actually never intended quite genuinely never intended to write a one person play and it it came part of the inspiration came from a show i saw in edinburgh a couple of years ago yes that was a, a bit of a controversial show it made me look at one person plays in a different way i wanted something that made made the audience a specific other character really of like being in that space i think it's having something if you're going to do it live my taste is that the what that the action what is happening is live in front of you rather than she so tells stories of of how they met but she's telling it, it it's in it's it's she's telling it as if you would tell it to someone who was right next to you rather than sort of telling it to the air yeah
1: yeah yeah yes. <laughs> you know
0: it's not my taste for monologues i do like storytelling separately but i just i think there's something very exciting about like this is happening right now and we are assessing this character and you're sitting in the audience working out how you feel about this person yeah i like that kind of theater where you're
1: you're more involved
0: yeah it's more it's more yeah it's, it's more active less passive i mean you don't have to get up and join in
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it's
0: like meeting I i think it's when it's like meeting a new person and initially, you have one impression, and then you're questioning the impression of them. That's that's the kind of thing I like. And you're like, oh, um, oh, okay, huh, hmm, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's what I like.
1: It is now time for the final section of the podcast. Mm-hmm. This section, uh, it's a chain reaction type concept, which mm-hmm. I am I have called. Get ready for this. Change of character.
0: Oh yes.
1: Thank okay. you. Change. Change. <laughs> so in this, I will give you the name of a character given to me by my previous guest, which was Richard Soames.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant guy.
1: And I will ask you to unpack who you think this character is. Okay. What comes to mind when you hear that name? And Perfect. then I shall ask you to give me your character name that you have prepared for our next guest yes. in the next episode. Perfect. So, your character's name is Crimble <laughs> Dingleshakes. <laughs> who is Crimble Dingle So,
0: Crimble is... Um, Trimble used to be a butcher um, and that's actually where the Shanks came from because he left the butchery, which was his family's business. Um, He felt bad about that because obviously butcher families can go back generations. So he added Shanks to the end of his name. Um, Obviously, when he was in prison, that was just threatening because it's almost like Predict, you know, it was, it was sort of a warning of shanks. He he shanks. Yes, it's a it it's a he, but it's um. Crimble, Crimble has a sort of um hairstyle that's quite similar to a rock cake. <laughs> um,
1: a rock cake hairstyle.
0: Yeah, so you know how a rock cake is sort of a bit crumbly and a bit hard at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's his hairstyle. <laughs> Uh, That's the best description of his hairstyle that anyone could ever give you.
1: That's the best. I mean, there needs to be a hairstyle called the rock cake.
0: The rock cake. Well, maybe that's a post-pandemic hairstyle. Because you've got so much hair to play with. It's basically just lots of hair. (sighs)
1: Um, it's falling out <laughs>
0: falling out you haven't brushed it for so long that most of the hair isn't attached to your head anymore but it's all <laughs> hair sprayed together in a, in like a clump on the top of your head so as soon as you brush it out it's going to be a very different situation delicious so he, he's he as i said, he spent time in prison right no one knows exactly why he won't say but it has got something to do with an incident at christmas time
1: right um
0: and it may or may not have been because uh someone to put it politely they made fun of his first name crimble um around the, the the christmas season
1: so he's got a short temper this guy
0: as short as it comes it's it almost doesn't he's he is a hair's breadth away from absolute rage at, at, at any moment and often it's directed inwards <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so you mean he's
1: self-destructive but also <laughs> yes. regularly destructive
0: both types his his whole body is essentially like you know when you when you've got a tight fist when you're sort of a little bit annoyed and you're yes. clenching your fist a little bit his whole body is essentially is a fist <laughs> <laughs> so, one,
1: one giant clenched fist
0: that's it with the rock cake hairdo on top
1: i mean i want someone to draw that character
0: yeah if anyone can draw then his mo if we're talking about mo's is just for at least one person to get out of this alive and that's him he (laughs) wants to get out of it alive (laughs) any situation is in constant fight or flight and that's probably because he's seen the inside of so many animals from being a butcher that he's like he knows what happens if you don't fight or flight but, the, but the, the thing is he has got he's got a heart of gold
1: is he on his own does he have a, a companion or a, even he, a, has a <laughs> he has a wife he has a wife
0: he has a wife she's pretty similar it, the The way I've described Krimble, you could describe her mm. Sinead in almost exactly the same way she she has also spent time in prison she wasn't from a butcher's family she was from a baker's family mm. um, which you'd think would be a bit more peaceful yeah um, she's always got flour in her hair though as a result <laughs> it's just that thing it's like family legacy
1: and were they both in prison together for the same
0: and that is how they met in prison for the same crime against each other wow and that was before they met committing that crime against each other
1: well like sort of rival families kind of thing
0: yes yeah like Romeo and Juliet right and it's a mixed prison you know like a just a co-ed prison
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Mixed
0: prison. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's where they met they didn't realize it was against each other and they still don't know that it was against each other that they'd committed the crime so therein lies the danger for um like as soon as they find out they'll destroy each other But they, that's the tension because you always need tension. And how
1: have they, do they have any uh, remorse for their, for their acts of uh, violence or how are things post mixed prison?
0: So they both attended some sort of rehabilitation sessions. Um, Neither of them are regretful. They're just glad to have finished the time. They obviously got a lot out of it. They both got a new life partner. For as long as it, you know, it lasts. And yeah. the thing is, it is a life partner because as soon as they find out that they are the person that they committed the crime against and committed the crime against them, they'll destroy each other, as I said. Ah. It's a very neat kind of situation. Mm. They don't plan on having children.
1: Probably just as well.
0: I think it probably is, yeah. they un- under Underneath it all, they realise that they, they might not be the best parents.
1: But they have each other.
0: They've got each other.
1: That's romantic.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Wow. Crimble and Sinead Dingle shanks. That's it. <laughs> Love him. Thank you for that. Could you please now reveal the name of your character for our next guest?
0: I can. I haven't said it out loud. I've only said it in my head so far. So let's... Okay. You might recognise recognise them. It's Shilliam Wakespeare. <laughs>
1: Shilliam wakes. <laughs> and how long did it take you to think of that one?
0: Well, I actually cycled through a lot of other names. <laughs> <laughs> until until uh. I it's actually maybe more out of curi- curiosity to see what could come of that. I'm interested as to whether or not that will be there'll be restrictions placed because of because it sounds a little bit like a famous person mm. or if it's going to go completely elsewhere
1: well this will be very interesting to see so who is shilliam wakespeare Mm. we shall find out in the next episode of out of character in the meantime thank you so much for coming on the show and being my guest harry hayes
0: thanks very much for having me alex lynch thank you (laughs) Television history is contained within the box of delights.
1: It was happening in front of us. Incredible. In our living rooms. It was amazing.
0: Guests pick their favourite television moment. And tell us why they love it. And is this the episode where Daisy's just been for the interview at the woman's Magazine? Flaps. That's it, Flaps! Yeah. Named one of Radio Time's best podcasts of the year. I don't understand people who don't see the joy in drawing the curtains, mug of hot chocolate and something nice on TV like what could be nicer than that than having a snuggle exactly nostalgia in bite-sized chunks box of delights from great big owl